What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Who's the best and brightest, you might ask? Well, that's a good question. People who have walked the walk and are talking the talk in the industry. No one who's faking about how to be successful on Amazon. It's people who are running businesses. They're being they're bringing service to the industry. They're sellers themselves. People who are real about what off what they offer and what they've gone through to help you as an entrepreneur grow. So it's a struggling industry sometimes, and sometimes you may not be able to overcome every single boundary or barrier that you might have uh, if you weren't listening to a, a YouTube video or a podcast or, a, or just talking to people in person when you're networking with individuals. So that's what my goal about this podcast brings in the space. Um, we've done this. This is episode 230, believe it or not, of this show called Crossover Commerce. Like you said, uh, if you're watching this, thanks for tuning in live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Or if you happen to be listening to this at a different time down the road, uh, thanks for listening on uh, LinkedIn, or excuse me, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Just search for Crossover Commerce with Ryan Kramer. You're going to be able to find all past episodes that have gone live and have been uploaded audio format. Or you can obviously, of course, check out our presenting sponsor website, Ping Pong Payments. Just go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast. That's right, forward slash podcast. Have my own dedicated landing page, guys. That's how serious this podcast is on our website that we take. You can watch all the videos, see the transcripts. So if you're, you know, maybe miss something and you need, you need to go back and listen to notes, we have all resources. We have how to connect with all of our past guests, um, take away a little key takeaways and tips and tricks and all that fun stuff. We really break it down for you there. So if you check it out, it's an evolving page. Um, there's always something new. So you always want to come back for more. Um, or just subscribe to our channels on those social platforms. And of course, you got it all there. So uh, with that being said, um, I'm excited. Again, we've we always t uh, off for a couple of weeks, as you may or may not know. Um, some exciting things happened. There was Prosper Show. There's a lot of, I think, uh, Shop Talk is just dropping up. There's so many different events going on. People are meeting in person, East Coast, West Coast, internationally, you name it. People are meeting up after multiple years of kind of being isolated and finally getting you know, this face-to-face -face business meetings going. And I'm super excited for the first time meeting someone in person, being introduced to them has now, I have now roped them into coming onto this podcast instead of me sending various emails to people, soliciting them on social media and saying, hey, you should come check out the podcast. You would bring a lot of value. But this time I got to do it in person. So I'm really excited to bring on Laura Meyer of Envision Horizons. Sounds like a nice day spa. It is not. They're actually crushing out on the Amazon space as an agency they're based out of based on new york but they're a fully remote company and uh if you were at prosper show you might have seen their uh booth um i happen to be introduced uh by a friend of the show chris freiberger uh, to laura actually at a brunch um that was around prosper and we kept running into each other so i i said you know what we need to just go in depth for about an hour learn about each other uh learn about your business and share with the audience so without further ado welcome to crossover commerce laura meyer Hey, welcome to uh, Crossover Commerce today. 
Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here this afternoon. Yeah, afternoon. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it afternoon? It's oh, afternoon now. Yeah, we're on East Coast time. I was like, oh my gosh, it's already noon. Um, where's the day gone? Um, I've been working furiously away. You're running an agency, crushing it as always. Like I mentioned in the intro, but hey, uh, so you're on you're in New York, correct? Did I get that wrong or? Well, the business originated in Manhattan, uh, okay. but now that we're remote, my life dream was always to be a part-time New Yorker. So okay. I'm actually calling in from the farmhouse in Massachusetts we bought really? during COVID. Yeah, we wow. are a statistic. A okay. A part-time New Yorker sounds kind of cool. Uh, I watch show, I watch really uh, trashy TV shows like, uh, <laughs> the, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, like summer, summer house, house. And, yeah we watch summer house i was gonna say why am i blanking on this my wife and i watch summer house and i say part-time new yorker is that like a weekend thing that you're away or during the week you're in manhattan and away at, you're in massachusetts now so it's kind of flip-flop how, how does yeah. that work well we we fully sold our manhattan apartment uh but i now go down to new york I'm averaging about every other month at this point, okay. but it may become more frequent. We'll see. The world is opening up, as you said. It and is. I also feel, I was joking with friends that after being at Prosper, I feel like my extroverted personality was awoken again, right? We've been kind of homebodies for the last two years. And I'm like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I know. Let's get back out there. Well, I, I was joking with my wife. Um, and we've been like we're home buddies and stuff like that. She's a big home buddy. You and I were joking pre-show about like you and your girlfriend are like, hey, we're the extroverts and our husbands stay at home and they're the introverts. And I'm kind of like flip flop. I'm the guy who's who's talking with people. I started a podcast, so if I was an introvert, that would be a problem. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm the person who goes out. But once I got on a plane for the first time, it was like really weird. Like all of a sudden, I was super hyper aware of everything, and then it got to talking to people, and I was like where has this been for years of my life? And, and all of a sudden it just all came flooding back and time, time flew by. I can, I was just overwhelmed. It was a lot, I'm sure for you guys too. So, um, but that was really cool to meet you. Um, like I said, we met, um, you had a booth there. You were at a couple of different events. Uh, was that the first event for um, your agency being back in and kind of exhibiting for the first time? Again? Yes, we. I went to Beauty Connect, which is a beauty specific conference back in November, and that was really my first conference. But that was that's more of a like thought leadership intimate conference. Mm -hmm. There aren't really booths or sponsors. So, sure. in terms of a thousand plus person conference, Prosper really was the first show back in action. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that was the first one for us, like a major one that I've been to. Um, I've been to I've been to like Rakuten conferences for like uh, direct to consumer um, ones in Manhattan, Chicago, uh, obviously like Retail X, and then Rakuten in San Mateo. But that was gosh back in twenty seventeen or so, um, maybe sixteen. But uh, what, what's it like? Do you do you prefer exhibiting or do you prefer being an attendee? I'm curious in that regard. Yeah, it's a great question. So I first attended Prosper back in 2018 as an attendee, and it's just so incredible how much the industry has changed. Uh, it also felt very uh, revolutionary to be exhibiting this year because when I first walked the floor in 2018, Envision Horizons was a two-person team. Uh, basically working out of my Manhattan apartment. And today 
we're approaching almost 40 people globally. So it really made me stop and reminisce. And, you know, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the day to day and always striving for more and growing the business and just taking a few minutes to appreciate not only how far Envision Horizons has come, but also how far the industry has come as a whole. Right. Well, yeah, and I, I heard just just because they're in bigger spaces now, you need more space to accommodate. Like a shop talk is a global branding um, mm-hmm. event where it's expensive. That's that's how uh, global it is. Uh, is it's you know brands of uh, Forbes 100, a top 100 company, Fortune 100 companies, so on and so forth, all the way down to you know Amazon agencies and service providers, things like that. Uh, but yeah, with Amazon specific. Uh, conferences, which Prosper is main one of the main ones that's bigger, I would say, in the space. It's interesting to see how many service providers have come out, how many different businesses and agencies, like you said, have evolved from that. Because um, I've been in software, I've been as a seller, I've you know working in the service industry. Currently, there is so much going on in the space. Uh, what was your takeaway overall? Like, I'm I'm curious, like uh, as a brief overview, what was your takeaway as a, an exhibitor for the first time? Um, did you like it? Was it beneficial? Was it not? Yeah. Well, one of the main reasons why we exhibited this year is we were promoting the launch of my horizons 2.0, which is the release of a software that we developed internally for our agency that we are now selling publicly as a SaaS platform. And our goal with this is to automate as much of Amazon brand management as possible. Okay. So, you know, there's wonderful research tool, there's wonderful payment tools, there's wonderful PPC optimization tools, and we're not trying to replace those. Um, In fact, we're even working on our own API to potentially integrate with some of those platforms. We're really focused on, okay, like there's absolutely a shortage of Amazon talent right now Mm -hmm. compared to the demand for it. And agencies are feeling this, aggregators are feeling this, and of course, brand directs are also feeling this. And my vision for this platform is we use this as a tool to help ramp up maybe either green or taking someone who has e-com experience, but maybe not Amazon specific experience mm-hmm. and being able to give them a roadmap of like, okay, if this is happening in this data set, you know, here's the problem and here's a solution of how you should handle it. Um, so that's why we exhibited was to make our big debut in the Amazon industry. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. And, uh, And overall, it was a very, very positive experience. One of the things that I really do like about this Amazon boutique industry is I just feel like there's great camaraderie between a lot of the other business owners and even people who are technically competitors, right? Like the energy and the vibe at Prosper was we're all sharing what we're working through, whether it's good Uh, or even the bad and some of the hardships that Amazon or just the marketplace is throwing at us. And, you know, it feels more like colleagues than it does harsh competition. Um, So I really enjoyed getting to connect with a lot of the other Amazon agency owners and just people in this space. Absolutely. What, what, um, 
maybe backing up a little bit, we we kind of jumped right into it. What? Yeah. How did how did you get into e-commerce and, and specifically agency? Like you you said, you're a team of two. Were you working for an e-commerce business before you started Envision, or what was that that kind of journey story like? Yeah, great. So we'll rewind a bit here. <laughs> Have to start uh, from the beginning so we know where well, we're at. Well, in terms of my humble beginnings, I grew up in Michigan. Okay. And my dad owns a hardware store with his twin brother. So I was forced to work in retail at a very young age, mixing paint, running the cash register. So I joke that I've always been in retail, not necessarily by choice, but sure. by inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then when I moved to New York City after graduating college, I worked for Amazon corporate. I work for Amazon's media group in Manhattan. Okay. And at that time, this was back in 2015, Amazon advertising was still pretty much in its infancy. You know, there, there, were, still, there were still 10 cent bids, believe it or not, right? Back in the day. When, <laughs> back in the day. Not yes, but when bids were only 10 cents. With, oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that was an amazing opportunity as a 22, 23 year old right out of college, because I joked that it was almost like getting a master's at Amazon. They had an amazing training program. Even though I work for the media group, I had to learn the retail side of business because it's so interconnected. And my time at Amazon was where I had the epiphany that there is absolutely a gap in the market for helping brands on Amazon because when I was selling in all of their advertising solutions and you know day one we had to go and make cold calls which is very intimidating I think no matter if you're 22 or you're 42 it's uh, cold calls now are still an intimidating thing oh yeah <laughs> and I would get I would just get earfuls of all of the retail problems that brands were trying to work through. Uh, and they often wanted me to try and fix those issues before they would spend a dollar on advertising. <laughs> and I obviously didn't have the power to do that. Amazon, even at that point, I think they were at maybe 150,000 global employees. Now, I don't even know what the current running number is, but so, I imagine it's a lot, lot more. Uh, but even then, it was so siloed that maybe I could submit a request or help with the internal ticketing system. But... I couldn't make promises. So I was at Amazon for only a year because they moved my job to Seattle and I was dead set on being in New York City. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the evolution in terms of career paths to Amazon because back then the only way to really build a career there was to be in Seattle. And now that they've grown and gotten so big, you know, now you can build that career in New York. You can build that career remotely. Lots of hubs. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I occasionally, I, I try not to look back to see what my stock vesting would have been worth today. Cause at the time, this is before the stock split, but like at the time, I think the strike price was like two thirty a share. So it yeah. would have been a good chunk would've of been change. Nice. Yeah. But, I have equity in my own business. So I was going to say, you probably, yeah, whatever percentage <laughs> you own on your own business is probably that, that's higher a, than... Uh, well, no, uh, yeah. Eventually. We'll, we'll eventually, yeah. But, we'll it's, 
that's what keeps me sane, right? Yeah. Um, Working to get to that number, exactly. Yeah, and then I worked for another ad tech company where I actually brought Amazon on as one of their largest ever advertisers. So that was quite a journey, and I really got to learn how Amazon does their own paid search buying, meaning how they buy their keywords on Google, Microsoft mm. Bing and other platforms because sure. the company I worked for uh, sold alternative search options. And it's just fascinating how they do it. They actually have algorithms where they test and they buy millions and millions of keywords and then they see what ones are profitable. And at least at the time when I sold a solution into that group, they only had three people managing something like 500 million keywords. It was insane. Um, and it's because Amazon is very lean team. Frugality is a part of their leadership principles mm -hmm. and they are very tech heavy. So they had actually built their own algorithms to buy keywords on Google, Bing and other search providers. But this is why a lot of brands will see that Amazon is buying their branded term and they're actually having to compete with Amazon for their Google placements. Right. If you're searching for product or brand product XYZ, they will, they're actually bidding on that keyword so that people go to Amazon to purchase that product, not on a direct consumer website or another marketplace that they might purchase. I, I know Ex what you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. So you can maybe get, obviously brands are, are very focused on building their own D2C traffic, but in a way you could kind of ride the coattails of Amazon's own ad budget uh, for your own benefit if you do it nicely. Do it nicely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fall in line and play by the rules for sure. So you, yeah. you started, so Envision came, you went to an ad tech company, you were learning the ad space quite heavily. Mm -hmm. What was that jump like for them? Hey, I, I'm going to work for other people too. Hey, I know what I can do and I can do it better and build yeah. my business around it. I, I always had a entrepreneurial desire. So after this ad tech company, I started Envision Horizons. I was 25 years old. Uh, I'm 30 today. So if you want to do the math, I'm very open and I, in correlation to launching Envision Horizons, I also launched my own private label business. So I knew the ad tech side very well um, because I had to uh, in my prior seat. And I knew the basics on retail, but I wasn't as knowledgeable about the operations, how to deal with FBA and all those other intricacies and details. And so I launched this men's undershirt brand called ATAC, which I still have, although technically I've passed ownership of Gorman Gear, which is the entity that owns my private label business, um, as well as I have an importing business. So he's not the CEO of that because I'm way too busy with Envision Horizons. But, wow. um, you know, I became a seller myself in, in, in those early years because I wanted to learn firsthand and I had a lot of theories on how to rank on Amazon, how to build that organic positioning, what AB testing I should do to improve conversion rates. And I would just test on my own brand first before 
testing, you know, with other people's money. Yeah. 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 I tested with my own money first. Um, and so that's been, you know, a great experience and that is still a very much a thriving business that, like I said, uh, my husband, I made the CEO of so that I can focus on Ambition Horizons. That's amazing. Well, Hey, congrats on the success. So Envision Horizons, you, so I, I, I guess kind of walking back, you made the choice to become a full service. We, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we talked about you split off into SaaS, which we can get into um, a little bit about that, uh, that new product that you announced. Um, but you announced yourself as a full service agency. What was it? What was that like between, Hey, instead of let's going into specific PPC or advertising agency, let's go full service or managing, if a brand wants to come to us, we're going to handle their their brand on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I, from the very beginning, I focused on full service because I wholeheartedly believe that to be successful on Amazon and to be successful in your advertising on Amazon, you need to have a really solid foundation, both in your operations and your user experience on Amazon. Sure. And it definitely has been a journey over the last five years to really make our scope of work very black and white of what's included and what's not. In those early years, I kind of casted the net wide of what we would do. And said yes a lot. I said yes a lot. Now I'm saying more a little bit more <laughs> often. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's just a good place we, to be. It's just more spelled out. And I think that's also partly because the industry has also evolved and matured and it, it is very clear what you need and then maybe what should be on the brand. So for example, customer service is something that we did initially. And now I have it as an a la carte pricing option, but it's not included in my core pricing. Like we'll help if you need it, but I do strongly feel that customer service should be managed by the brand directly because they know the product a lot more intimately. And we also don't want the liability of making the calls of should we refund? Should we not? Like you can have your, your processes and your FAQs, but we'd rather not be, have to make, make those decisions. So that, you know, that's just one of the learning curves along the way. Um, And I, what I also think is really interesting and what I see happening in the space is that, A lot of agencies that maybe started as Facebook or Google agencies that have brought on their Amazon advertising arm, you know, there's a lot of M&A happening in the space. And I, whether it's been my self-proposition or conversations I've had with other agency owners, you know, a lot of these ad agencies are very, very interested in acquiring full service agencies because they're seeing that like, look, if a top seller goes out of stock, you can't spend on advertising. And if they make their money on the percent of ad spend, ad spend goes to zero if your if your inventory is zero. Exactly. So it's all interconnected. And there's no question you can grow a business much faster on Amazon if you're optimizing all of the levers instead of just optimizing the advertising. Gotcha. What, what about, um, so if we're talking about you going kind of breath, you're kind of like narrowing it down, you figured out like full service, you, you had mentioned a couple key points that I've heard, kind of rumors of what's happening in the space. You alluded to it earlier, Laura, of 
hey, there's this talent shortage, which again, talent talent to a lot of people means certain different things. I think they're they're trying to be more specific, but talent means people, obviously, of uh, people who know what they're talking about or doing or specifically focused on a certain area in the space. Mm-hmm. For you as an agency, you kind of have that breadth of like, hey, where's the actual talent shortage if you really wanted to get granular? What, what is it? Is it PPC? Is it is it just like inventory management? Is it ever like what what is the talent quote unquote shortage most focused on if you had to guess? I think it really comes down to a talent shortage of true Amazon thought leadership, right? Where you have the years of experience, where you've seen all the wild and crazy things that could happen and having that thought leadership, not only for strategic planning, but also for problem solving, right? Amazon throws curveballs all the time. And if you don't have the experience within the ecosystem, there's no manual or no, there's really no set training of like, okay, this listing got suppressed. What do you do? Or, you know, how do you go about that? Like there's value in, in seeing those things firsthand. So I think that's where the bigger shortage is, but I'll be very transparent in saying I have completely reorganized my org chart in the last 18 months. So prior going into COVID, I had account managers who were in charge of everything. Like they would help with inventory management. They oversaw advertising. They would help with the creative briefs and that works. But then, you know, my hypothesis with this is then you're good or even mediocre at everything. And I want to optimize my business to be great at everything. Hmm. So that's why I, what I've actually done is I've made my account managers essentially project managers. They're all still certified in Amazon advertising, et cetera. But now I have inventory analysts who solely focused on making sure that inventory is going into FBA we're working within the restock limits, IPI scores. Um, we actually posted a great case study on our LinkedIn page on how to improve your restock limits. Cause I know that's a big pain point and it especially was during in, in Q4. Um, so now we have, like I said, inventory analysts, PPC analysts, uh, we have graphic designers. We have our uh, like trouble ticketing support team where we're actually able to offer 24 seven hour coverage if a listing goes down because we have a global team supporting those off hours uh, because you know listings always go down the Sunday before Cyber Monday. It happens to us every single year. Um, and then uh, we're actually bringing on a new role that we're recruiting for, which is the creative associate which will be a team member who leads all creative and branding briefing, copywriting and split testing. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I, it's kind of funny to hear that too, because a shortage, do you think, do you think you would still see this kind of shortage? Because you're, you're talking about getting really specific and deep, which is amazing. in that vision is Mm -hmm. the shortage coming from, uh, just the fact that people are just taking time off from like working at home because of they want to do something else or where do you, where do you think it, if it would it happen prior or pre COVID or because of COVID or is it just because the space is evolving so quickly, there's just not a lot, a lot of people who are focused are like, 
when I go to college, I want to become a PPC analyst or something like that in Amazon specific. No mm -hmm. one's doing that really right now. So you have to kind of build it up on the front end. So that on the back end, you have those people to pick from. Right now, Amazon in itself on the FBE or the third party side, not as old as maybe seven, eight, at most maybe nine plus years in the space of so the industry itself is very young. Is that why there's a quote unquote shortage? Because everyone else is either diversified in their own business or they're just selling or what, what do you I, think the reason is? I, well, I think there's a lot of factors coming into play. I think, you know, there's the great resignation uh, happening in all industries sure. and people are reevaluating what's most important to them. I think that, and hopefully this doesn't get me in trouble, but the aggregators coming to this space definitely has disrupt talent for agencies because really? when you have private equity money or VC money, uh, you obviously can then afford to pay talent more. So I actually, this is last year, I had spoken with a Amazon specific headhunter who was trying to tell me that the salaries for account managers that are Amazon specific had gone up 40% during COVID. Good for and them. Good for them. Great good for everyone, for right? That, that doesn't, and, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I mean, I, I, I significantly increased my salaries, but I also have increased my pricing. You know, when I, when I first started my company, my monthly minimums were like 2000 or 2,500. Now I don't want to take on a brand for my agency unless I think I can have an annual billions of a hundred thousand dollars or more for that so one client. Like, yeah. For that one client. So like, that's just also how much I'm curious. Is that, is that, is that high? Is that low? Like you probably know that you know, that I, I am told by my Amazon rep because we're a part of the Amazon partner network. Or is that like tier A, like tier B? Like I've heard it like rumors what that looks like. Like you get ranked <laughs> by Amazon or something like that. Uh, pecking we do order. get ranked by Amazon. Uh, I, I am told that they're actually releasing like a badge to their top partners. So of course the, they are. Make it the more weird. I know the athlete in me is like super competitive of like, okay, how can I get that badge? Maybe gold, bronze, and silver. Give me the gold. <laughs> I love that. But, um, you know, I'm told that we're more, you know, more like mid size or mid price. We're not, we're definitely not the cheapest, but we're for sure not the most expensive. And when I throw that number out, it's because we do work on a commission model. Um, we have our base fee uh, that covers, you know, the six people that will touch your account. But my goal is to work with brands that are committed to being multi-million dollar brands on Amazon. Sure. And a lot of our clients, you know, they're not the private label sellers. They're the omni-channel brands that you also see in Target or Sephora or other retailers. Yeah. I, I like that. Well, I like that approach because I think a lot of agencies, a lot of people which are good in the Amazon space, they're very focused on just Amazon and they're mm -hmm. not focused on touching omni-channel too much. Like they touch on it like, oh yeah, Walmart, we can figure that out for you on a one-off basis, but no one's like touching that on a consistent basis. Plus then you get to international too of marketplaces, which I'm not sure if you guys focus on too much. That's a whole yeah. other ecosystem that do. Yeah, we absolutely help with international expansion. Um, I personally, I push for international expansion first. 
before I push for Walmart's marketplace. After my the own numbers, heart, look at this. My heart's the numbers tighter. aren't there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, well, it make it makes sense for certain people. I think this is kind of my takeaway, and I said this yesterday on the podcast. A lot of people are really gearing up. I think 2022 is the year a lot of people seriously look at, hey, maybe I moved to Canada or Mexico or I look overseas. I think a lot of that was starting in 2019, to be quite honest. But then disruption of obviously COVID shut a lot of things down. People had to refocus. 2021 was like a death by a thousand paper cuts. A lot of people were like, what is this new like TOS of like ranking strategies and everything else? Then you also have um, you have options of like supply chain logistics also a very difficult thing to overcome now it's hey we kind of have all these holes plugged maybe we start making progress forward back to where we were beforehand it's kind of that movement again of i can't just rely on amazon i can't just rely on one channel i have to look omni-channel or international so i think yeah. you guys are right to to move in that direction for sure um yeah and and I, and I think on top of that and to go to also one of your earlier questions about the talent shortage is the other big shift I've seen is the movement of historically D to C brands coming to Amazon. Right. So that's another thing is now they're either trying to build it in house because they're, you know, that like performance marketing mentality internally where they want to do it themselves. Uh, or I can't, I can't tell you how crazy my Q4 was. I, you know, I went through 2020 and 2021, which I'll be honest, wasn't the best for new client development. Nope. It was tough, you know, a lot, hiring of freezes, a lot of calls, hiring freezes took place, not only with their own internal team, but also with vendors. And then all of a sudden, like end of Q3, Q4 last year, I was getting new business inquiry almost every single day, a very oh. legit businesses too. And I think another influencer here is that the iOS 14 update really in massively increased the cap, the cost of uh, acquisition, uh, customer, yeah, uh, customer acquisition costs. So all of a sudden the investors in these D2C brands and the decision makers at these D2C brands are looking at Amazon as that new channel of incrementality and they're calling up firms like mine and others that exist. And once again, now there's just this rush of businesses that have historically avoided Amazon are now starting to be very proactive on the platform. Which is amazing. Like I, you, you think that a lot of people talk about the Amazon to D2C business, but a lot of people don't realize the massive opportunity it's hard because there's not a number quantifiable right like yeah. you can start a dtc wow. website you don't know how many like brands that truly exist across shopify big commerce or omg commerce or magento mm -hmm. so on and so forth or just wholesalers like one of my friends of mine uh who we used to work at the same wholesale manufacturer he now works on another one that is trying to find a partner that will fulfill as well as like be the only true reseller of their product on Amazon, they do 1P, but it's not profitable for 1P, obviously mm -hmm. in the United States because it's a it's a low dollar item value of like three dollars or five dollars or something like that. But if you can sell through there, have a creative partnership, and I think this is like where an agency comes into play of like helping bridge those gaps of how do you help products that exist in this ecosystem that they should be on Amazon, 
but fulfillment wise, it's it's a little bit more difficult to like obviously pay Amazon for free shipping. And if you're only mm -hmm. selling it for three dollars and fifty cents or five dollars, doesn't make math really add up. So it's like those partnerships, how you can like piece them together. I think agencies are kind of that really cool bridge in that capacity too. So um so what brands like uh we, we talked about this i know we talked about we have, we're getting the meat of it here halfway through um <laughs> because it's so interesting like you touch on so many things laura i think you have to like build up that that base right and then the this was the thing that was interesting enough we we call the title of today's episode how successful beauty brands can help amazon businesses i initially think you guys are only working with beauty brands but i don't think that's true no. according to your website so i'm curious why this topic why this why this kind of mentality and why you're coming yeah. up from this vantage point so I will disclose our active portfolio is 45% beauty. Okay. But the pretty heavily I, beauty. It's very heavily beauty. But what the reason I brought up this topic is because beauty brands have to be hyper competitive. It is a very saturated industry, not only on Amazon, but also off Amazon. You know, every celebrity and their stylists are launching beauty brands. It's, you know, I just learned of Scarlett Johansson's beauty brand yesterday. Like it's just, it's never ending, but wow. kudos to, to them also for being entrepreneurial. So there's in there. Um, and the reason I think what beauty brands are doing is very interesting for other categories is because in beauty, you cannot be compl complacent whatsoever. You have to be on top of your game, on top of the data, on top of your visual storytelling. And what's also very interesting about the beauty industry is that there's good margins because you can, you, you spend a lot of money and time thinking about product innovation, product education, and really beauty and fashion are, and electronics, uh, those are categories on Amazon where it's not always competing on price, right? Right. Where like the famous garlic press, you know, the cheapest garlic press or spatula, that's what's going to sell on Amazon. But the cheapest face cream on Amazon is not necessarily the top seller. Right. You have to double take on that one. You're like, why is it so cheap? Why is it the cheapest? Yeah, you're products? like, do I want to put that on my face? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, the it's the digestible. If it's on your face or if it's on the skin or in your in your body, I think that's where like everyone really second guesses. What is that going to be like? They they have a whole different mentality and psychological nature of, mm -hmm. well, is it cheap because it's not good quality or is it cheap because the you know X Y Z and they, they second yeah. guess the price. Everything else lowest price. Yeah, but like, so for example, let's take the, the example of like investing in product education. So that's obviously a big thing for beauty. You want to educate what the results should be, what the ingredients are, but those same fundamental practices in our creative, we actually apply to our automotive clients or our clients in not beauty and not super sexy industries, right? Because the bar is set kind of low in some of those more antiquated categories where, you know, maybe they're traditional B2B businesses and they just throw up listings. And if you're not educating, whether it's the installation of the products, what uh, like the quality is, the manufacturing story, you're going to lose out on a major conversion opportunity. 
And so like, that's a big thing that we apply where we take these learnings and what's worked for our beauty clients, which is one of the most competitive categories on Amazon. And then we apply it to some of these other categories. And it's amazing how much more impactful these tactics and these strategies are um, in these. I mean, every category on Amazon now is competitive, but I think it just goes to show that if you really lean into the education piece, the user experience piece, um, and actually truly building a brand instead of just selling a product, you can go a very long way both on and off Amazon. So when, when you're talking about that, obviously it's a lot of visual cues. Do you guys, as an agency, my thought is always, you know, you think of like the, you think of shows like Mad Men and things like that. You really want to make it like uh, a thought or how a feeling you want to create some sort of uh, secondary nature of like, hey, it reminds me of my childhood or uh, where I want to be or who I am as a person today. Is it is it really a lot of that focus of you take that same approach if you're media buying, like you said, on TV or billboards or anything like that, and then you're applying it on somebody who's is literally scrolling as fast as humanly possible to find the one product that they're searching for. And the thing that's going to stand out is that graphic element or how, well, I, what are I, those things? I, well, I think there's, you know, with Amazon, there's acquiring the traffic and then sure. there's converting the traffic once they're already on your product detail page. Sure. So, two so yeah. So like what you just mentioned is perfect for converting them on your product and, explaining why you may not be the cheapest option in the search results page. But I think another big thing that beauty does really well, and there's usually a, a slower adoption in other industries is embracing new marketing and advertising opportunities. So for example, we've been doing a lot of TikTok testing with Envision Horizons so we've already started to curate a list of TikTokers we know perform and we'll source TikTokers for our clients as an add-on service. And it's it was our beauty clients who jumped on it instantly. Of course. And it's amazing the return that we're getting from that. Like BSRs just shoot up. The number of keywords a product is indexed for goes up massively when the right type of TikToker endorses their product. Um, just anecdotally, we had a product that prior to a TikToker posting, it was indexed for about 600 keywords. And then two weeks after the TikToker posted, that product was then indexed for over 2,000 keywords. Holy smokes. It was so awesome. <laughs> is, it, is it just because of the amount of users that are landing on the page? Like what, what what's kind of your best case is that is Amazon now rewarding, not just because it used to work traffic from Facebook a lot, but now it's obviously moved a lot away from like Instagram, Facebook properties, meta properties, excuse me, Facebook, meta properties, uh, yeah. now moved away to like, um, Pinterest is the one that comes up quite a bit, TikTok quite a bit as well. Mm -hmm. Is it just that externalized factor that they're shifting more of a weight to these other platforms? Is that why we're seeing it more? I do think that Amazon has shifted weight towards external traffic more. Uh, that's why they, I think it's even why they rolled out that, uh, what's the name of the program, the brand referral program, right? Where they'll, they'll kick you back like five to 10%. Yeah. 10%. For, yeah. yeah. For traffic you send. Uh, but I think another observation we've had in just terms of organic ranking and keyword indexing 
is that when you boost your BSR within your category, your keyword indexing also increases. And that's because I think they start to index you for the same keywords as other top selling products in that category as well. So we know if you have more traffic and more units sold, your BSR increases. Okay. So it's still and a numbers game and a conversion game. It is. Absolutely. Um, and so, but the other thing too, is like when sponsor brand video ads rolled out, once again, beauty was a category that jumped on that massively. I feel like that's a category that constantly will always test no matter always what. always test and and i think that's uh the thesis of this right is that i encourage brands of all categories to have this mentality because now that amazon is competitive in almost every category you have to be willing to test because the landscape is ever-changing and will continue to be this way and if you aren't embracing change, you will likely fall flat in your sales. Uh, so like some cool new things that we're testing right now with sponsor brand video ads is that there's a beta going on where you can now buy streaming TV ad inventory through your sponsor brand video ads. Is that part of, of the, is that part of the, um, the, their program, their DSM, uh, oh, DSP, DSP so, program. Yeah. No. So that's, what's really cool is DSP. Yes. Like you can buy streaming TV ads, but now you can actually buy the similar to what they're doing with sponsored display, having similar inventory as DSP. Okay. Now you can start to buy their streaming TV inventory through sponsor brand video ads, which is okay. really, really cool. Cause it just makes it a lot more scalable for brands themselves. Um, and then like what, what we're really leaning into is not only testing of these new platforms, but A-B testing or split testing of creative. And then we'll see what creative video creative performs the best on sponsored brand video. And then whatever's the top performer, then we can go make that larger, you know, $50,000 a month investment. Yeah. So we can do these little mini buys to see what's going to deliver the best ROI. So I'm going to nerd out a little bit right here. So okay. for everyone listening, everyone listening, either mute me for a little bit or you just go get coffee, whatever, come back, but don't, don't go away. <laughs> um, so with this. Uh, mm -hmm. when you're talking streaming. So there's so many different platforms you can stream on, right? Your phone, your TV, um, your your tablet, your your desktop, laptop, whatever. Um, is it only through app or not Apple products? Is it only through Amazon Fire supported TV. products? Fire TVs. Okay. Yeah, so it's Fire TV, it's IMDB, it's their various video platforms. Okay. There are some rumors floating around about Amazon video ads even being shown on prime video okay. but that is not confirmed that is just a rumor and also a hope of mine because that would be very cool to be able to buy an ad placement on mrs yeah. mar was it Ma mrs marvelous. Uh, marvelous mrs mazel yes yes thank you very good show <laughs> great thank show you, love the creating. show one of my um, uh, high school friends is actually uh one of uh not a recurring person but was on that show before awesome. so it was pretty cool yeah small world like right I, <laughs> I i i said hey good job that was a really cool show i watched the show that's really cool that you got to be on it but yeah no it'd be it'd be so cool 
um, on that, I guess my question was going to be for, for those who haven't tuned back in yet from my nerdiness is, um, does that start to creep into almost like a, like a YouTube context of like pre, like pre-roll almost, yeah, pre-roll mm-hmm. of ads and things like that, or is it more, does it even go into AWS at all? So I, I know they try to keep them separate, but obviously mm-hmm. anything supported on AWS, it's kind of that Google ad network of you create an AWS ad network of now anything that runs on AWS, you can theoretically tap into if they opt into showing ads, you can pull from that directly. Is that is that something that is probably too convoluted and, and can kind of yeah, too so much crossover? I'll, I'll say to my understanding, it's it's more the pre-roll version. Okay. Um, that could be on the horizon, so we'll see. But that'd be cool. And, and I'll say even with the, the streaming TV ads, like we have to submit creative that's either 15 seconds or 30 seconds. Of course. So very, very kind of similar to the the YouTube model. I was gonna say very, very media buy esque of mm-hmm. either short ad or long term, um, which is cool because now I start to think about the concepts of what what is Amazon streaming offer. Well, they also they do support different channels. Which again, if you're going through like Amazon Prime and you buy a subscription to like Stars or whatever, you, you can do it through there. Or again, I think about where eyeballs are mostly as a dude or a guy. I won't say dude, a guy. <laughs> so Thursday night football. I know that they have like the rights for almost ever um, mm-hmm. on this. And once you can buy, watch it through there, start to pre-roll through different prime channels and things like that. If you have prime, right, like what if what if we get to the point where you can buy your Super Bowl ad uh, because of Amazon's deal with the NFL? What if you true. can buy a Super Bowl ad through Amazon advertising one day? Like, I I Very think true. that's a that's on the table. Uh, and there's music shows now we were talking music before this mm-hmm. I, I think like what the country music awards were randomly on, on amazon streaming the other yeah. week ago i didn't tune in but i love country music and i thought hey that's a kind of a cool concept like no no other networks buying it amazon will swoop in they also have the academy award winner for best picture people are gonna tune in a lot more well, that's apple i'm gonna take that back apple <laughs> on that not amazon both a companies but I, I think they all start to start to interweave together where if it's a supported device or if it's a product or a network that's really cool i think that a lot of people would be very intrigued by that too do you do you see like uh do you feel like with video is that a huge converter for you and i your, i I sing the praises of video all day long, like to the point where my team members are annoyed at me for it. And probably some of my clients are as well it's because I'm like, give me all of your video assets. Cause what we'll do is we just want access to what you have. Mm-hmm. And then our creative team will go and create something beautiful that if we have your brand guide, then uh, there's usually very little uh, back and forth. And so I'm very bullish for video, not only on the product detail pages but, and sponsor brand video ads, but also filling up that bar at the bottom or like below the fold where the Amazon video shorts live. Yep. You and, do for competitors on your competitor pages. Uh, yep. And I also believe that even more video paid video placements are going to become available this summer. Um, so I think video can be a huge competitive advantage 
Uh, we've also done some testing between user generated style videos. Mm -hmm. So there's this site. Yeah. yeah like there's, well, there's this site called Billow where it's super affordable to have kind of like that influencer style user generated video okay. created um, versus testing of more professional looking videos. Uh, my business actually has a partnership with a studio called Sunya and S O O N A. And what I love about them is you can, our clients can just mail in inventory and they have a few locations across the United States. And then you can actually zoom into the photo shoot and still direct the creative direction of the photo shoot. That's awesome. Um, and like, it just makes it so much more achievable instead of a brand having to spend 20 plus thousand dollars on a professional photo shoot when you have to rent out the studio you have to hire the photographer you have to hire models you have to hire a, a creative uh, director for it like it adds up so quickly and now that there's these more like scrappy solutions where you can get really high quality footage um i think that makes it even more exciting to do additional split testing for video both organic videos and paid videos as well. That's so cool. I, lo I love the collaborations. I'm a huge partnership person of, hey, if you can get outside support, but make it like really easy for people to collaborate with you. I think that's just a, a natural thing that any agency or any company or service industry should help clients and build help brands build it. Because again, they're coming to you because they don't have the support, whether it's manpower, creative, or so on and so forth. Obviously they need help. But if you're making it even easier, that's where you can charge more. That's where you can obviously grow them and their business. And if you're in a model of, again, an agency where you're getting a kickback for sales, but also as a you know, monthly mm -hmm. retainer, everyone wins in that regard. So time, time is the ultimate equalizer. It, however you use it is going to ultimately dictate how well and successful you are in the entrepreneur space. Um, Laura, I know we're already running out of time. I'll talk with you for at least five more hours, but I will not do that to you right now. Um, I promise I would come back and circle back to, I know it's not officially released yet. My yeah. horizons. Yes. Um, I want to, I want to really specifically make sure we, we talked about a little bit in the beginning of the episode, how do people egg in touch with it? And what's kind of, again, remind us the inner workings of where they're going to see it. Is it its own dedicated website? Do they have to go uh -huh. through Envision? What do they have to do? Yes. Uh, so you can simply go to envisionhorizons.com. We have our My Horizons tab right there and you can join our wait list. Uh, we are offering 75% off for the first 90 days as a part of our initial release. Um, so if you join that wait list, you'll just be added to that initial promo. Um, and, you know, ultimately what we're really looking for is people to give their, their honest and constructive feedback. Uh, this is our 2.0 version or 1.0 version is what our agency has been using for the last two years. But, cool. um, you know, our mission as a company, and this has been our mission day one, has been to make Amazon less stressful and more profitable for brands. And that's also what we're really hoping to do with My Horizons, because I know our agency now is at a point where every brand can't afford us. But I still want to be able to provide value to the industry for 
the young entrepreneurs starting, and when I say young, I mean like early stage entrepreneurs <laughs> starting out. Those wee little ads. The, the small businesses that can utilize Amazon as an incremental channel. I mean, I grew up working in my dad's small business, so that always has a big piece of my heart. Um, but then even with some of these other service providers, um, enabling them with tools so that, you know, because of the talent shortage and the high demands, um, you know, they, they have some ways to improve efficiency and training and knowledge in their own organizations. So. I love that. So you are, so this is going to be for um, individual sellers, but also agencies as well. Yes, cool. exactly. I love it. So check it out. Get on the wait list, guys. My Horizon, or go to Envision Horizons for My Horizons uh, and get on that wait list. It's 75% off. That's crazy. What are you, yeah. like, like this is like a like a Black Friday deal or Cyber Monday or what? Or Amazon Prime Day. Day. Prime Day coming up July. By the, okay, by the way, I just want to throw this out here as like one last tip. Um, yeah, I almost do. had a, I almost had a heart attack yesterday because when we checked the Prime Day sub submission page, it said the dates for Prime Day were April 11th through May 10th potentially. Yikes. That's not the case. I called someone at Amazon. I was like, what is going on here? Do we really have Prime Day in two weeks? Because I don't have the inventory for that. Yeah. Um, but no, it's not officially announced, but it is still pacing to happen during their normal time, which is in July. Traditionally so, July, yeah. I think if you see that, don't freak there. out. Don't freak out like I did. <laughs> People have been asking me too in our, in our mastermind groups of like when the submissions are, and I think it's still kind of ongoing. So I think like April was like the cutoff. Yeah. Of, submissions for deals so we'll have to talk about that more on different future podcasts but yeah laura uh i know your time is super valuable where can people reach to you if they have questions we covered so much today what's the best way they can do that for you yeah absolutely um very active on linkedin so feel free to connect with me there you can also follow envision horizons uh we've been producing a lot of great content and you know we're very transparent in our case studies like i said we're here to help the industry and we view all the other service providers as colleagues. So we, you know, we're not sneaky in what we know. We're, we're very <laughs> thought leadership oriented. So I love that. Well, Hey, congrats on the success. Congrats on the new launch or the pending launch. I should yes, say thank you that's so really much. exciting. It was good to meet you at Prosper and I know we'll see you at an event here very soon. So thanks so much for spending time in my corner of the internet. And I call everyone who goes through this a friend of the show. So anytime, you're more than welcome to hop back on and give your insights. Would love to have you on again. Yeah, I would love to be back. More awesome. insights to come. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. Thanks, Laura. Thanks. And, and thank you, everyone else, for coming on Crossover Commerce. Again, this is episode 230 of Crossover Commerce. Uh, thank you for tuning in and spending the entire hour with us. So much insights from Laura and her team over at Envision Horizons. Go ahead and check them out. Again, links below in the show notes, as well as on the social platforms. All around me somewhere, if you're watching this, or below. Um, go ahead and click and follow Laura, great thought leadership, and then go ahead and check out and subscribe to Vision Horizons email addresses uh, or their subscription uh, emails and you know, newsletters, things like that. Their, their blogs, their case studies. I've been doing so much research and reading. It's awesome. There's so much great content. You'll definitely want to check that out. I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. That's it for this week. Next week, I have a packed week, guys. That Almost every single day that I'm going to be on uh, crossover commerce. We have so many people coming on. You'll make sure to subscribe to our social channels. Follow me on social media on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. 
I'm on all those platforms, YouTube on ping, ping pong payments, but thank you ping pong payments for obviously supporting crossover commerce. Thank you for everyone who tunes in and is listening to this at a different time. We'll catch you guys next time on another episode of crossover commerce. Take care. Mm-hmm.